0: Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good afternoon, everyone. It is Monday, April the 24th, 2023. It is currently 12.04 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. And it has been an absolutely crazy day. Have you been paying attention to what's going on in the world? What is happening? Fox News has have parted ways with Tucker Carlson. I mean, Tucker Carlson is Fox News in the minds of many people. And they've parted ways with Tucker Carlson. He's gone. His last show was Friday. He doesn't even get another program. He doesn't get to say goodbye to his audience. I mean, he is gone. And And look, I... No fan of Tucker Carlson. No fan of his program. Do not like his lies, his conspiracy theories. No fan at all. But you cannot deny that he was clearly one of the most influential people on news, especially for people who are Republican, conservative, and dare I say he may have been one of the most influential voices within much of the evangelical Christian church. I I know many may disagree with that, but Tucker Carlson, uh, Tucker Carlson, no, I don't think there's any way to get around this. He was a, he's major influential in the minds of many Christians. I mean, go to your church and listen to people talk. And I guarantee you, they are either watching Tucker Carlson or they're repeating his talking points, or they've been influenced by his way of thinking, or they're sharing clips of Tucker Carlson on their social media. He's gone. I mean, like that's, I, I I, literally, I was live on the air. We were talking about this new theology central text group thing that we're trying and, and trying to get that started and see where that goes. So it really wasn't a, you know, a typical kind of episode, but all of a sudden I started getting messages from my daughter who was like, Tucker Carlson is out at Fox news. And I'm like, no way, no way. And I literally, I think I was live on the air and I texted her. I'm like, stop making things up. That's crazy. There's just no way. Like, I never would have agreed that they got rid of that. But after the Dominion settlement where they had to pay, what, $787 million? 757 million whatever it was crazy number maybe they're like okay we we've got to change direction but i don't know what happens to fox news because a lot of people are going to there's going to be a backlash that's going to be crazy to witness so I, so I i've been watching that unfold but i i was thinking you know um it, i mean to me the legacy of tucker carlson the, the legacy of of me is his influence On... Christians. I I've said so many times that one of the my frustrations with a large portion of Christianity is a lot of Christianity today sounds more like Tucker Carlson, Sean Hannity, you know, Glenn Beck, Mark Levin. You just go through a lot of the the conservative talk show hosts and it's like Christians are more influenced by that. They talk like that, they think like that. They don't think like Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I I sometimes say, What is influencing Christians more? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John or Fox News? Well, in many cases, it's Fox News. It really is shaping their worldview. Now, they will mix their Christianity with it, right? So it's this weird, like, what is that? Like, it's some kind of like, I don't know, it's an alien substance. I don't know. what What is it? And you get a stick and you try to turn it over and it's like, ooh, what is this thing? It's like a, it's a, you know, a Fox News Christian hybrid. It's like someone's taken their Christianity, they've taken scripture and they've merged it with Fox News propaganda. And it's like this is Christianity. I'm like, I don't know what that is, but it's scary looking and I want to get far, 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 far away from it. So the big news today is Fox News and Tucker Carlson have parted ways. I think that's the the, the language that is being used. They've come to a mutual agreement to part ways. Whatever it was I mean, from what I'm hearing, all of his staff thought they were going to do a show this evening. So it came like, I mean, they, they, he doesn't get a last program. He doesn't get to say goodbye. I mean, it's just like, no, Friday was your last program. You're done. I, it's, I, I don't know. You can, you can, you can dress it up any way you want, but it, it is shocking news since Tucker Carlson was one of the most high high. The highest rated, maybe the highest rated, one of the higher rated programs on Fox News. I think he had to be possibly the highest rated program on Fox News. But again, to me, the news is not about what's happening. And of course, Don Lemon is out at uh, CNN. If you if you missed that as well, all kinds of things are happening. But to me. Like, I don't see Don Lemon as having an influence on the minds of, of conservative evangelical Christians. Not Don Lemon, see, he's out, big deal. That doesn't, to me, have much of a theological implication. Tucker Carlson and Fox News has, to me, a much more connection to theology because conservative Christians just eat that stuff. Uh, whatever Fox News is serving, the the Christians are, are, are sliding up to the table, say, give me two forks, and they're just eating it up. Like, give me more Tucker Carlson. Give me more Sean Hannity. Come on, come on, feed me, feed me, feed me. And then they mix it with their Christianity, and that, to me, has been a disturbing thing for a long time. That, to me, has been... A, a, a seriously disturbing thing because I have been talking about for a long time that I believe one of the greatest threats to evangelical Christianity, what is happening to Christianity is we're witnessing a transition that Christianity— is no longer no longer biblical and theological. It has become political and ideological. That there is a transitioning happening, right? That Christianity has become you can say it this way. Christianity has become moralism. It's a moral system mixed with political ideology. It's a moralistic political ideology. That is what Christianity has become. You could say a political moralistic ideology. I don't know exactly how you want to shape it, but Christianity today has moved from theology, moved from, now they're still quoting scripture. They still believe in Jesus. I'm not, I'm not saying they've abandoned it completely, but they've mixed scripture. They've mixed theology with political moralistic ideology. It's about morality. It's about fighting culture wars. It's about being a den, about, about change, shaping America into a Christian nation by somehow political force and banning books and libraries and, and boycotting and silencing people. It's turned into this whole weird, like, I don't know what they did it. It's alien. It's foreign to me. I'm over here like, let's talk theology and scripture. And they're like, let's fight the culture wars. Let's yell and scream at a school board meeting. And it's like, what has happened to Christianity? Like, sometimes I sit back and I'm like, I don't know what happened. Like, you know, I look I don't know you anymore. I don't, I don't know. I don't recognize you anymore. And no, the problem isn't me. Yes. The problem is you. And I don't want anything to do with you. Like, like literally like we need to break up, right? Because I don't know what that is anymore. So when I, I know to me, Obviously, on one hand, it's no big deal because Tucker Carlson has probably already got 900 offers to be on other media platforms. I mean, everything from Newsmax to OAN, you name it. I, 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 Alex Jones, who knows where he's going to, but create his own, his own uh, platform. Wherever he goes, he's going to be successful. Wherever he, he goes, he's going to still have influence. Now, the question is, Many of those Christians who sat at the table of Tucker Carlson every night, Monday through Friday, eating his food, many of them are older Christians, right? And they just know how to turn on Fox News on their cable system, right? Now, if he goes to some kind of digital platform, will those older Christians seek out his content? Will they seek out, you know... uh his content. It depends on how what, what he does. Is it another streaming service? I I don't know. I just know that uh, maybe he will lose his influence within the world of. All I care about is that Tucker Carlson goes away from influencing evangelical. Cre- That's all I care about. I wish Fox News would go away. Like right now, there's a lot of people yelling and screaming. That's it. I'm never watching Fox News again. Okay, great. Maybe Fox News loses its influence. I just want whatever it is to lose its influence upon the evangelical world. I want the evangelical world to go get back to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the Apostle Paul, the New Testament, the Bible, the Psalms, Proverbs. I want them to get back to Scripture. I want the church to become less political and more spiritual. I want us to become less ideological and more theological. I want us to stop being a moral system and a gospel-based system. I want us to look at things from a gospel mindset instead of a legalistic law, moralistic viewpoint. Now, I say all of that because I was turning on the microphone right now. Not only, I mean, I wasn't even really, I didn't know if I was even going to report all of that other stuff, but it fits perfectly because I was going to turn on the microphone and ask you a question. What is the greatest threat? What is the greatest threat right now inside the evangelical Christian world? What is the greatest threat to Christianity that is currently within Christianity? Or you could, now some may argue the greatest threat to Christianity is external. Hey, the greatest threat to Christianity is drag shows or, or books in the library or transgenderism. Like, like, I think a lot of Christians think the greatest threat to Christianity is external. I don't believe that. I think the greatest threat of Christianity will arise from within Christianity. I think, I think that's, Paul warned uh, the uh, the uh, elders at uh, Ephesus the Ephesian elders that hey wolves will rise up from amongst you that that's where the threat is going to be the threat to christianity always arises within christianity all right <laughs> someone said vaccines right right yeah because they have the microchips in it that are connected to the to the Antichrist and when 5g turns on they will activate and then you will lose your power to make okay I'll go through some Christian podcasts I heard about vaccines and how the the Antichrist is going to use them but something uh, but I believe whatever it is th- there's something that will arise within Christianity now personally, I have been warning that the greatest threat to evangelical Christianity is that Christianity is being—biblical Christianity is being written out of existence. It's being, it's being erased from history, and it's being replaced—it's being replaced by something completely different. It's being replaced by a political ideology. Again, I, I re- reference it as a political, moralistic ideology. I really believe that's what's happening. So I believe the, the greatest threat within Christianity is this political hijacking, this moralistic ideological hijacking that's turning Christianity into something that it's not. Now, others may say it's something else. And the reason I'm, I'm mentioning this, give me one second here. Uh, give me one second here. I'm going to find the article. Where is the article? Where is the article? Okay. I know I'm turning away from the microphone. I apologize. Where is the article, if I can find it? Um, I thought I had it. I thought I had it saved because, well, there is, uh, you know, nine million things going on today. See if I can find the article. I know it's at the Christian Post, so I may have to go look it up again. Let me go look it up. Uh, There's so much happening right now. I've got emails coming in. Here we go. Let me find it. All right. Oh man! Okay, here we go. Here's the article. I have to laugh because I was getting it. I was getting it. I was getting. There's so much. I literally. I wish you could see everything going on today. This this Tucker Carlson thing. The world is losing their minds. But I do find. Do you? Okay. I just have to throw this out there. Do you, does anyone find it interesting? that there was a time within the evangelical Christian world that Harry Potter was the epitome of satanic evil that was going to destroy the world, right? Harry Potter was, we've got to save our kids from Harry. Our kids will not watch Harry Potter. Our kids will not read Harry Potter. Our kids will not speak the name. The name Harry Potter will not be mentioned in my household because it's satanic, it's demonic, it's evil. And then all of a sudden now, the the woman who wrote... Harry Potter is mouse now becoming a hero to those who are Christians and are conservative. Can someone explain? Because she's spoken out a little bit about transgenderism. And I was like, she's amazing. Look, wait a minute. I thought she was an evil witch who was destroying your children. Like it's, Christians are so weird sometimes. Like at one moment, Harry Potter is the thing that's going to bring us down. Then the next man like, hey, we need to defend the author who wrote Harry Potter. Why? Didn't she turn your children into witches and wizards and warlocks and demons? I mean, I mean, uh. (laughs) I I only mentioned it because literally while I was sitting there trying to find this article, I got an email. Let me see if I can find the email. What was this email? (laughs) It just cracks me up. you see here. Where is this? Um, how JK. Rowling played, then played, then lost the polarization game. So it's an article from the Gospel Coalition about J.K. Rowling. Now, there was a time that any time a Christian publication wrote about J.K. Rowling, the author of Harry Potter, it was because she's an evil witch who's trying to take your children's souls. Now it's like, well, you know, let's look at the polarization. Let's look at how she ended up in this controversy and like, you know, because she's spoken out against transgenderism. It is just so, that is just so weird. But that's neither here nor there. Now I got to find the article. Here we go. I got so many things open up on my iPad right now. All right, I got to have the, No, I don't want JK Rowling. I don't want JK Rowling. I want Here we go. Here is the story. While well, the Tucker Carlson news was breaking. While well, the Don Lemon news was breaking. While well, I'm getting emails about JK Rowling. While well, I was trying to talk about our new Theology Central text group and get people to text the word theology to the numbers that they could become a part of. While I was doing all of that, all of this craziness was breaking out. But then a news article was published entitled, Michael Brown talks Trump, new atheist, and the greatest danger to American evangelicalism. Oh, okay. Now, First of all, I don't always agree I don't always agree with Michael Brown, any way, shape, or form. He's charismatic. I, I I no, don't even get me started. But I do I do admire some of the things he's tried to do and trying to make sure sure Christians would stop looking at things in such a Trump kind of way and much more in a biblical way. So I, there is some things he has done. But obviously we would not agree theologically. But I I didn't care to hear about what he had to say about Trump. I definitely didn't. I didn't. I'm not too worried about the new atheist. I wanted to know what he thought was the greatest danger to American evangelicalism. Now I get, I think the greatest danger to American evangelicalism is that biblical Christianity is being written out of existence and it's being replaced by a political moralistic ideology. That's that's what I think has becoming. It's a political, moralistic ideology that is replacing historical, biblical Christianity. We are attaching scripture to it. We're trying to connect theology to it, but it is a political, moralistic ideology. It is moralism. It's not gospel. It's law. It's legalism. It's not gospel. It's politics, and uh, I I think that I've been warning about that. And I at this point I'm still convinced that's the greatest danger. But let's see what Michael Brown has to say. So it says here, in recent years, I'm just going to read the uh, introduction to this. In recent years, large numbers of people in the United States, including prominent Christian public figures, have left Christianity and no longer identify with religious affiliation. Author and radio host Michael Brown tackling is tackling this issue in his latest book with the hopes of reaching out to Christians who are doubting their beliefs or deconstructing their faith to show them why they should remain in the faith. Titled Why So Many Christians Have Left the Faith, Brown examines the reasons for the increasing of the increase of religious unaffiliated Americans and how to respond to their challenges. So that his new book is Why So Many Christians Have Left the Faith. Now it's published by Charisma House, right? Much more in line with charismatic theology, so, you know, already have a problem there. But the name of the book, Why So Many Christians Have Left the Faith. If you'd like to get a copy somewhere and read it and let me know what's in it, That by, by all means, go ahead and do that. Maybe we'll talk about the book at some other point. But the title of the book, Why So Many Christians Have Left the Faith. All right, now, he did an interview with the Christian Post, and they published some of the interview. Um, I'm not going to read Uh, Let me see here. Um, I'm not going to read everything here. Um, I'll, I'll read this, I'm going to read just some of these questions and answers. The Christian Post asked this question. And they asked Michael Brown this question, or Dr. I think he's, I think he has a PhD. So Dr. Michael Brown, you have listed numerous factors that you believe are creating this falling away in American Christianity. They include the rise of new atheist writers the politicizing of the gospel, public scandals of church leaders, and so forth. Which of these factors do you believe contributes the most to the falling away of American Christians? Now, let me stop right here. I want to throw this out there. Are there certain factors, or if a falling away is indeed occurring, is it a fulfillment of biblical prophecy and therefore it has been preordained to happen? That just, just a thought, just a thought, but let's see what factors he looks to. So they, so here's the factors that they refer to new atheist, politicizing of the gospel and public scandals. Dr. Brown answers. Honestly, I don't think there's any one factor. When I talk to people, to different people who are on the front lines of answering questions that, that strugglers have and others who are doing youth ministry, each one will tell me something completely different. I've watched how the objections that became very popular with the new atheists about 16 or 17 years ago with the rise of Richard Dawkins, Sam Harris, and Christopher Hitchens, and others, that those trickle their way down to the culture so that there's more of a skepticism towards the Bible and more of an antagonism towards God. I've seen that unmistakably. All right. Well, I do believe in society. I would agree with Dr. Michael Brown. There is much more of a skepticism, antagonism towards Christianity. That is just true. The, the, because the sec, the, the culture has become much and more, much more secular, much more, they don't, they're not as influenced by biblical Christianity because you have generations of kids who are being raised, who, who are not being raised in the church, no church affiliation. So they don't have any of that, like, Christian influence upon them. So there is a greater antagonism towards it. There's no question about it. I, I, I think we can agree there. Um, they go on, he goes on to say, I've seen the arguments of agnostic scholars like Bart Ehrman and how they've, that's trickled down to people thinking that the New Testament is not trustworthy. I've seen how many, especially younger people, have been driven away from the church because they have associated the church as an appendage to a particular political party. Yeah, you think so? I wonder how young people could look at the church and think it's just an arm of the Republican party. I wonder how that could happen. I wonder how they could connect Christianity to politics. I mean, there's just no, yeah, you know, give me a break. The church has, the church is responsible for that um, and associated the gospel with being right wing or something like that. Absolutely. Many people look at Christianity. If you say you're a Christian, many people say, oh, so you support Trump. And I'm like, where do you get that? I'm a Christian, and it has nothing to do with politics. And no, I don't support him. Never have, never will, okay? Like, I don't. I'm not right-wing. I'm not Republican. I'm not pro-Fox News. Like, why is Christianity so associated with that? Because Christianity has identified itself much more with politics than it has with Jesus. And when the world looks to Christianity and associates Christianity with Trump and not Jesus, the church has failed. We've messed up. Because we haven't made it clear that, no, we're not Trump followers, we're followers of Christ. But, you know, what do I know? What do I know? Um, he goes on to say, I've seen how leadership scandals have made people wonder, who can I really trust? I've seen how the abundance of iniquity, as Jesus said, because iniqui- iniquity will abound, the love of many will wax cold. I've seen how that's hurt people. Porn being so basically everywhere, how many people have struggled with it? Then they fall under guilt, condemnation, and fall away. Okay, well, maybe porn is an issue. I don't, I mean, I mean, porn has been an issue for, I mean, sex has been an issue within the evangelical world forever because, like it or not, people desire sex and they, well, okay, we, we'll, we digress, but the point is, um, he points to lots of issues as the problem, but I'm, I, I'm glad he acknowledges the politici- the, politici- the politicizing of the gospel has become a major, major problem. Now, he goes on to say, so in a sense, it's a perfect storm. Well, I do believe it's a perfect storm. I do believe it's a perfect storm. Um, they go on, the Christian Post ask another question. In chapter 5, You talked about white evangelical support for Trump and how all too often that interfered with preaching the gospel. Yeah, it absolutely did. As Trump is looking again to run for president in 2024, what do you believe evangelical churches and leaders who previously supported Trump need to do differently this time around so that their witness isn't compromised? All right, here's what they go on to say. It's not so much how uh, who we vote for as much as how we align ourselves with the candidate. Obviously, who we vote for is important, but to the extent I became better known as a supporter of a particular candidate, that I'm known as a follower of Jesus, the extent that I make excuses for a candidate in a way that compromises my own witnesses, my own witness, now I've hurt the integrity of the gospel. Now, that's true. You could vote for Trump and no one would ever have to know, but Christians could not do that. They had to make it public. They had to align themselves. And then they would defend Trump at all costs. Like, why make it? Why defend him? Why, why even say anything? Because the answer to the problems in the world is not Trump. It's supposed to be Christ. But Christians, no, 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 no. It's almost like we're bored with Jesus, but Trump is exciting and new And he says mean things to those bad liberals, and we like him to say mean things to our enemies because we don't believe in loving our enemy. Christians couldn't stop themselves. They wanted to be identified as Trump supporters, not Christ followers. And that is a problem. He goes on to say, this is back to Dr. Michael Brown. So I voted for Trump twice. Twice. But when I w- but when I was before the secular media, the message I tried to shout out was Jesus died for my sins. He alone has my life, my allegiance, my heart, my soul. I owe everything to him. Oh, small note. I voted for Donald Trump. So when our church, uh, when our church preaching basically brings in American well-being with the universal gospel, that the gospel now becomes make America great again. Now we're treading in error. Yeah, not we're not only treading in error, we're basically promoting error. When our preaching basically become make America great again, when our po- politics become our preaching, then that's a problem. When we When we are claimed to be the godly moral people, The moral majority movement of the past generation. We could not vote for Bill Clinton because of his activities with women and things like that. But we'll downplay it if it's Donald Trump's past. That's where we have a problem. And exactly. Yeah. We couldn't, I remember the Don, the Bill Clinton thing. I remember that. Character matters. Donald Trump. Well, we're not electing a preacher. We're not electing a pope. Well, wait a minute. I thought you said we couldn't vote for Bill Clinton because character matters. So character only matters when it's a Democrat. It doesn't matter when it's a Republican. Like, see, Christians started sounding crazy. All right. Um, it says here, uh, okay. They, they, he goes on, and talks a little bit more about that. All right. Now, here we go. Here's, here's the question and answer that I wanted to get to. You mentioned, Now, this is the Christian Post asking Dr. Michael Brown. You mentioned this a little bit earlier, but in chapter six, you outlined examples of other gospels preached in American churches, including health and wealth gospel, the social justice gospel, and the pep talk gospel, among others. Which of these would you say is the greatest problem or danger within the American evangelical Christianity? Which one of these would you say is the greatest problem or danger within American evangelical Christianity? Now, what I, the only thing I, I'm frustrated by their question is they limited to three kinds of gospels, health and wealth, social justice, and the pep talk gospel. Well, I don't think any of those three are the greatest threat. I think the greatest threat is the politicizing of the gospel, the moralizing of the gospel, The turning the gospel into law instead of gospel. I think that's the greatest threat. But what does Dr. Michael Brown say is the greatest threat? He goes on to say, I think that one of that, I think the one that has been the widest spread is the pep talk gospel, the feel good message. For sure, the prosperity message, I do believe in divine healing, absolutely. But the prosperity message that Jesus died to make you rich, that has hurt people. But it's, but it is not widespread in America and in a central way. The social justice gospel, where we have a right a heart for justice, now, uh, now everything in the gospel becomes a matter of racial justice and everything is now seen through the lens of skin color. That has been hurtful and gotten us away from the real gospel. The one that I think is the most pervasive is really the pep talk gospel. That's what's in it for me gospel. The idea that Jesus dies to make me into a bigger, better version of me. These are the things that I think are most pervasive and have produced many false converts and many shallow converts. So he thinks it's the pep talk gospel, where the gospel is a pep talk, that Jesus has come to make you better a version of you. He says that he thinks that's the most pervasive and, I guess, the most dangerous. I don't know if any of those are the most dangerous. I don't know if any of those are the most dangerous. I I think, and I've already now articulated my stance, that I believe the greatest threat within evangelical Christianity is that evangelical Christianity is being slowly but surely written out of existence and being replaced by a political, moralistic ideology. And his, of course, he's not going to say anything critical of the charismatic movement. Now, he is a little critical. He doesn't necessarily agree with word of faith. But, um, you know, I just, I, I put it all, I mean, I know there's separations within the charismatic world. You've got word of faith, you've got charismatic, you know, you, I know you've got all of these different streams, but the fact that he's a charismatic, you know, I believe charismatic theology is a Absolute cancer within Christianity that is terminal, and it needs to be—you know—it needs to be eradicated. It needs to have surgically to be removed and then hit with radiation, so it no longer. Exa- it needs to be gone. I can't stand charismatic theology in any way, shape, or form. But what? What? I guess I say all of that to say, what do you believe is the greatest threat within evangelical Christianity today? What do you believe perceive to be the greatest threat within? evangelicalism today, what would you say? Now, you've got your own theories. You've got your own uh, thoughts. You've got your own perspective. I would love to get your thoughts today. Email them to me, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. Or if you're a part of the Theology Central Text Group, just text me your answer. What do you believe is the greatest threat? within the evangelical church today, the greatest threat within evangelicalism to evangelical Christianity? What do you believe to be the greatest threat? I'll stop right there. He didn't do much with that question. I thought that was a great question. He's like, the pep talk gospel. I don't think the pep talk gospel, the pep talk gospel is the greatest threat. I I really don't. I think it's the politicizing. I think that's it. I think it's the politicizing, and moralizing of the gospel. But you can tell me what you think. Email me, newsif at yahoo.com. Or if you're part of our new text group, text me your answer, what you believe to be the greatest threat to evangelical Christianity. All right. That's a lot's happening today. I try to bring it all together in one 32-minute program to get you something to think about. So let me know what you're thinking about news if at yahoo.com. All right. Everyone have a great day. We'll be talking soon. God bless.